Hey there, how's it going? You're listening to Podcast of the Day right here on Anchor. Let's jump into today's podcast. Today's podcast is called Long Form. You may have heard of it before, and it's pretty much one of my all-time favorites, so I'm really happy to tell you about it. Now, Long Form, the podcast, comes from longform.org, which is a website devoted to finding the best nonfiction writing all across the internet and putting it on their website. So that is the idea of, of Long Form as a whole. And so the podcast is a, actually a, a really cool way to have conversations with different nonfiction creators. Um, so every every episode, they'll have a guest on the show talking about their latest work and uh, some of their experiences in just doing nonfiction and, and, and going through life in general. So it's a really cool podcast and you get a lot out of it. Um, they've gone and done now almost 250 episodes and they've been doing it for quite a long time. So um, they're, they've, they've been around for quite a while and they're still just as good and I love them. So um, we're going to be playing a, a specific episode for you today. Um, it's episode 129. It features a writer named Rukmini Kalmachi, and she works for the New York Times, and she writes on stories that you have probably read before but never really knew it was her. Um, so we're going to be talking about that with the podcast. And then later I have an interview with one of the co-founders of Longform that is also a co-host um, of the of the podcast. So stay tuned. You're listening to a great episode of Podcast of the Day right here on Anchor. Hey, uh, welcome to the Longform Podcast. I'm Aaron Lammer here with Longform's Max Linsky and the Atavists Evan Ratliff. One of my favorite episodes, one of the one of the best interviews I've ever I've ever had. Uh, it's the chance to speak to someone. Um, my guess is Rukmini Kalamaki, um, and it's not maybe a name that our entire audience would know, but you've definitely read her work this year. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone's been on uh, the front page of the New York Times more. Um, she's only been working at the Times for ten months, I believe, um, but she was brought in to be what's basically their ISIS correspondent. Not just ISIS, I guess, um, sort of that entire world of terror groups uh, correspondent. And she wrote the story about James Foley and the other captives' um, captivity in Syria. She wrote the story about the Kawachi brothers in Paris. That story was unbelievable. That story was unbelievable. Like, both those stories A couple days after. Yeah. She, like, flew to Paris immediately and, and did that story, you know, not not really having contacts in Paris, um, you know, by herself, more, not by herself, other people have, I shouldn't say that, but um, these are like really big stories. Like these are, these are the stories that are like framed on people's, you know, wall kind of stories. And she's done many of them in less than a year. Um, and now here's Aaron with Rukmini. Welcome, Rukmini Kalamaki. Thank you for having me. I'm surprised that this interview is happening because I woke up this morning and you had a, uh, a cover story on the front of the New York Times today uh, about ISIS uh, reporting that the sort of the lone female hostage had died in a Jordanian airstrike. Yes, we. I, I came to the office yesterday expecting to have, you know, sort of a quiet Friday and was, was planning actually to do my expenses. And um, I can't remember exactly when. I think it was halfway through the morning. A colleague sent me a tweet from an Islamic State-linked account uh, where they were showing pictures of this flattened building. 
and naming Kayla Mueller, who's, uh, who's this hostage whose name and whose story I've known since at least um, the middle of last year. And we've closely guarded her name and her details at the, at the request of her family, who had been told by ISIS that if they named her in any way, uh, if they went to the press in any way, that they would kill her. And all of us were, were really praying and hoping that she might be the exception. You know, it seemed when they started killing James Foley and the others and the men, it just seemed like it was this inevitable wave. Yeah. But there was always a question about the woman. You know, would they go so far as to kill a woman? And this was an ending that I had not anticipated. We don't know if it's true that she died in a Jordanian airstrike, but it, in a way, avoids answering this question. Is ISIS willing to kill a Western woman um, by at least claiming that she's been killed in this airstrike? The long-form podcast is kind of a testament to nonfiction work and their creators, as you can kind of tell um, with this last clip here. But really, I think what I like most about um, the podcast is that you learn so much about these different people that have impacted you in some way or another. Like, I know for sure I've read some of these articles that Rukmini Kalamachi has written for the New York Times, but I never knew it was her. And I never known how much work she put into all these uh, articles. So it's really fascinating to hear their stories and how they work and, and what they do for work and it, it just it's just really cool and I think um, whether you are into writing or creating or not um, it's still interesting and uh, provides a lot of takeaways for you so anyways a couple more clips are going to come from the same episode and then later I have an interview with the co-founder of Longform so stay tuned strangely a lot of the sources I've had recently were, were people that I ended up getting into fights with on Twitter and then eventually, you know, they're insulting me, kufar, kufar, infidel, infidel, you know, the stupid infidel woman, yeah. you know, like you have no idea. And then somehow, you know, the ice is broken and they'll ask me to follow them, which I already have. And then they follow me. And then suddenly we're, we're messaging uh, each other directly. Because I actually looked at your Twitter this morning and <laughs> yeah. you were like arguing with people about this. I'm Jordanian. always, argue I'm always well, arguing with and them. And I noticed actually <laughs> yeah. that the topic today, I'm not uh, exposing anything. This is on Twitter. If you go in there, it's people who are like. Don't you know ISIS are liars? <laughs> and you go, actually, I I don't agree with that statement. Here's why. And then people, yeah. you know, there's like you stupid woman. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, why is she engaging with these people? I know, I know. I keep on expecting the FBI to call me one day and go, you know, what the heck, you know? But um, uh, yeah. I mean, so okay. Well, I, I know you can't disclose anything about current sources, but let's talk about yeah. some of these sources who are um, not with us, yeah. so therefore right. not in any danger at all. <laughs> right. So like a source like uh, Omar was... Umar, um, Umar Ultamaha. Why did he get in touch and how? So he was on the phone. He was yeah. actually, I would actually call him and text him. And he was basically an emir of Al-Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb. Uh, and he became sort of the self-appointed spokesman that would talk to reporters. He's uh, been quoted by the New York Times. He's been right. quoted by Reuters. He's been quoted by AP. So his colleagues knew that he was talking to the yes. New York Times. Yes, okay. exactly. Are and some of these people secret about it and not public that they're talking to reporters? I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure. And and the the thing that, that has been somehow sometimes difficult for me to even explain to editors is I can't quote these people because I don't actually know who they are. Right. You know, like I don't know their real identity. One in particular, I know that he is um, that he has a role in what's called the media committee of one of the terrorist groups that we cover, and I know this from other people. Other people have contacted me and who have multiple sources who have told me this. Right. But even then, it's kind of flaky. I mean, because I can't. I don't know what their real name is. Right. All I know is these are people that have access to genuine Al Qaeda or ISIS statements. 
hours before they go public. Now, there are plenty of clips and uh, episodes you can go through to check out on the Longform website, which is longform.org. And um, I actually played this episode for you today because the co-founder of Longform, Aaron Lammer, um, came on the show and I got to talk with him. And he specifically recommended um, this this episode to listen to because it was one of his um, best interviews, he thought. And I totally agree. I think it was one of the best episodes I've ever listened to. So um, that's why I picked that one. But again, there are so many to pick from. Um, so feel free to check out any more and see if you have any favorite writers or creators that are um, that are on the podcast already. But anyways, up next, an interview with Aaron Lammer. Um, I'm the longtime um, co-host of the Long Form <laughs> Podcast, which uh, is closing in on about 250 episodes, um, which is part of longform.org, which is a site that is largely concerned with um, uh, nonfiction generally of kind of the magazine varietal. Um, and on that show, we interview writers, um, new writers, older writers, all kinds of people who are writing different kinds of stuff that's coming out every week in magazines, online, um, some book stuff. We've started having more documentary filmmakers and people who make podcasts and generally try and sort of cover whatever's going on in um, nonfiction storytelling. Fantastic. So, um, before these podcasts began, uh, what is what is your experience in, in podcasting in general? Was this kind of your your first rounds at it, or uh, yeah, have you long been a long time? Podcast was really our was the first show I was ever a part of, and it was like okay. a total learning curve from zero. Really having no idea about the production of them or <laughs> building a show, and you know how how do people actually even listen? Like we started we started from very little. Right. So, I mean, speaking to the long form podcast, um, obviously it's, it started as a, was it a newsletter? Uh, long form started as a website originally, okay. uh, but the site existed for about two years before we started the podcast. So when did the, when did the idea first start for a podcast? Was it always kind of from the beginning or did you really um, think over time? It no, became, I mean, it would become something? we, the podcast just became a, we wanted to do like we wanted to feature writers. We wanted to have the ability to point a spotlight on writers. And right. we found that our own audience was a lot of people, maybe not people who write professionally, like full time, you know, pay their rent writing, but people who sort of aspired to at some point in their life write, people who felt like they would like to be whether it was blogging or doing magazine articles, whatever. So we felt like those people would like an insight into how the people who had um, articles on the site did what they did to make a living, how, how the craft was uh, executed. Um, so that was kind of the seed for doing a podcast. And, you know, early on, we didn't know if anyone would listen to it. Um, we didn't know, you know, is that audience really tiny? Is people who, who want to write really just a very tiny sliver? And it, it turned out that there was kind of an audience for it. So we built it from from there going forward. Um, and thankfully, there's like a really like large, lots of different worlds of writers out there. So we haven't hit a limit, even though we've been doing it for three or four years now. 
Yeah, that sounds like a really cool experience, and uh, that's awesome. And I guess so on long form, you you have a multiple multitude of people that work with you. Can you kind of describe the team behind that? You know, it's actually not a it's not a huge team. Um, okay. For me, it's a little bit more chill because we have three hosts, so you know, I'm really only on call every three weeks um, to do a weekly show. Um, <laughs> I take we t- we each take an in- intro, but we just have a little studio. Um, it's in downtown Brooklyn. Um, oh, it's okay. also the, the studio that um, Max's company, Pineapple Media, that have done shows like Missing Richard Simmons. Yeah, and, I've heard of them. Um, Lena Dunham's podcast. All all taping out of um, a little this little office um, with the studio. Awesome. And then we have a couple editors, and so we basically just record ourselves, send it off to the editor. Editor makes a cut, listen, give a few notes, and it goes up. Um, it's a pretty seamless process. That's cool. I want to thank Aaron for coming on the show and talking with me about Longform and his other podcast, Stoner, that we highlighted not too long ago. Um, I really appreciate it, Aaron, and I, I love the podcast. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast of the day show. Let me know what you thought by calling in and telling me what you think about the podcast. Or if you have any other podcast recommendations to give me to highlight on the show, I'd be glad to hear your thoughts. Um, But anyways, I will catch you back here tomorrow for a new edition of Podcast of the Day. Until then, have a great one. Longform's at at Longform. Again, Longform Podcast should be at any store, and we're at longform.org, where there's a curated selection of articles um, that our editors have picked every day. So it's kind of similar to Anchor. Like, we try to present something where you get a little snapshot of the day it's not all of the writing online it's like a a filtered selection um that we think it like makes an interesting mix so do you recommend any uh episodes of long form to to first-time listeners trying to get into the show and and discover nonfiction writing i'm very proud of an interview i did with uh rukmini kalamachi who covers um isis for the new york times Mm -hmm. um It's the, one of the first times, you know, usually when I do these interviews, I don't say exactly how long they're going to go. You know, you kind of just feel it out. Like I usually tape for 45 minutes or so. Um, mm-hmm. And we just started talking. And I mean, she has a fascinating, incredibly difficult job, um, which is covering ISIS who want publicity from um, Western newspapers. Like that's part of their strategy, and yet right. she can't choose to not um, write about it. So she was a person who has, I, I think, one of the most ethically complicated um, work lives of anyone I've ever encountered. And we we started talking about it, and it was it ended up being a two part episode. I think we taped for over three hours. Wow! Um, so that one was sometimes something that I felt like was was a special uh experience that came out of like a really like one of a kind kind of episode it's a two part um two part series that's up and that that's two or three years ago now so